Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have Bum Lee of West Bank Athletic Club coming to you from Louisiana. Bum, what's going on, man? How are you today? How you doing? Good. I'm doing very, very well. I'm excited to, to dig into this business and, and see what kind of wisdom we can extract. It sounds like this business has been around for decades. Somewhere along the line, you came involved. Take us back to that time here, Bum. Take us to when the idea kicked into your head, hey, I think I can buy into this gym and, and put my stamp on things. What was going on for you and, and what was your original intention with taking over here? Okay. Um, so like I'm the third steward of this facility. Uh, the original owner, uh, I have a picture of probably right here, uh, Mark Burroughs. Um, he opened it back in 89 and, um, you know, it's kind of like every major city has got their one like old school type gym that's mom and pop owned. And he, it was, he actually bought a franchise world gym at the time. Um, and then from there it transferred over after Katrina cause Katrina ruined the building to my boss at the time, Toby Watney. He bought it, uh, but you know, for him, uh, he only wanted to own it for a little bit because he wanted, he really more so needed it as a tax write-off. So then he hired me because uh, I had lost my job in teaching and you know, my, I had a pretty good reputation around because I was a strength conditioning coach by trade. Uh, I actually used to bring a lot of my athletes from the high school that I trained to World Gym. So he kind of knew who I was. Um, he hired me on to be the manager uh, while he owned it and then, uh, he, you know, as he owned it, he pretty much told me like, hey, three years from now, like, I'm going to get rid of this and I'll sell it to you for what I have in it. Um, you know, if you're if you're in a position to buy. So at that point, I just started saving up to make sure I had enough to purchase it from him and and run it like I should. And yeah, I mean, the rest is history. 2009, I took over. Uh, it probably wasn't the best time in the economy to take over. Oof, that was, yeah, you're not wrong was, there. Yeah, that was during the, uh, the Great Recession. Uh, so it wasn't the best of time, but we survived, you know, I mean, you know, doing the unique things that we do and then stay, staying true to what we are. And then, you know, and then we had another little downfall during COVID and we're still surviving and thriving still. So we're good. Yeah. You've seen a, a couple of interesting periods along the way as a gym owner. So far here, Bum, what's been the best part about owning this business and what's been the most challenging part about owning the business? <clears throat> um. The best part is, for me, this is my family, my, my parents, me, my kids. This is us living our, our dream, our American dream. I'm originally from South Korea. I was born there. We came to the United States in 85 when I was about five years old. Um, my father actually owns the building, so I pay him rent. Mm -hmm. So my sons, at some point, I have two boys. They will run this gym for me, and they will pay me rent. And therefore, you know, we have our own retirement. Our, you know, it's like, you know, it's kind of like the medi medieval times where you're you're passing your, your you know, your kingdom down. So yeah. the the thought of that, where I'm able to pass something down, my father's passing it down to me. I'm passing it down to my sons and so forth. That's a positive, um, you know. And then the flexibility. I mean, look, owning a gym. Look, it, you're putting. I used to put in 80 hours a week, easy. Now I'm stable, so it's about 50 hours a week, but 
I get to choose how those 50 hours are put into the gym. So um, I could bend and flex my schedule to where, you know, I'm president of the dad's club at, at my kid's school. I coach their flag football team. I'm able to do all that and flex the hours that I need to. No one tells me I have to be here at a certain time. I, just, I make it happen. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's all borrowed time. I mean, I can't tell you how many Saturdays I've worked, how many Sundays I've worked, you know. Yeah, but early hours, late nights. Yeah, early hours, late nights. I tell people the only time people never see me train because I train before the gym opens, yeah. <laughs> you know, when I could do it in peace. Um, you know, so it, it's, it's that that I enjoy, you know, more than anything. And then just, you know, doing things the way I want to do it, you know. And, you know, I'm, I'm living on my own, you know, my own, you know, decisions and not sure. waiting on somebody else to make a decision. Yeah. Entrepreneurship is a, a fun game and, and everybody listening to this podcast knows exactly right. what it is that you're talking about. Right. As far as the model of this bomb, I think we've done a pretty good job explaining it. But for some specifics, the majority of the revenue here is memberships, right? People paying a monthly fee, coming and using the facility on their own. Not me. What else do we have? Where else, where else are we stacking revenue streams? So my, so I got a minor in business uh, as, I, as I've got my bachelor's. So diversification of income for a lot of small mom-pop gym owners, you know, because I spent a good bit of time visiting other gym owners. And one thing I've realized, a couple of things that I heard universally, what you need to survive is to concentrate on the equipment. You have to have good, unique equipment, whether it's 30 years old or whether it's two years old, and it's the latest thing. You got to stay up to date with it, right? Um, we do something a little bit different because, like, I modify and make my own gym equipment if need be. I use my skills that I learned in the Marine Corps to make sure we have the best equipment. But also, as far as revenue streams, like, we sell a lot of our, out of our pro shop. We, do, uh, we don't do meal preps. We do meat preps. So we, we sell 120 pounds of chicken and 60 pounds of steak every week. Yeah. Like clockwork. You know what I mean? Where, uh, where are you cooking all of this? Uh, I have an outdoor kitchen that I built. And actually, the next phase of our development is going to actually be, have a food truck. Um, okay. So I'm walking through my pro shop right now, and it's kind of in my background. We sell a lot of merchandise. That's one thing I've noticed a lot of uh, mom-pop gym owners don't do. They don't sell enough merchandise. Uh, and behind me is my where I do my custom-made leather belts. So, you know, we, we post things on our Instagram. I mean, we have – we tailor fit, like – my parents were dry cleaning owners and tailors by trade, and I'm a strength conditioning coach by education and trade. So I just basically combined both skills to basically build uh, a tailor-made belt that we, you know, put custom designs on and things like that. And, you know, my staff basically does it while they work the front desk. So, you know, we, ha we do that. That's a good chunk of our revenue. Um, we sell, you know, and I, and I tell a lot of gym owners this, uh, that's our – uh, some of our supplements that we sell, um, you have home field advantage. That's what uh, I tell a lot of gym owners is um, they don't take advantage of that. You know, those, however many members you have, I mean, we've had at our peak probably 1,100 members. Um, I don't know quite where we're at today. Um, but, you know, you have those people that come through your door every day and they need stuff. They need clothes to wear. They need supplements. They need supportive equipment. You have that advantage. So why not? have them buy from you versus buy from somebody else. And I think that's where a lot of these gym owners don't quite take advantage of that situation and they need to, you know, and that's where, like, like I said, the reason why we make 60% of our, like, I don't care about my roster count, which a lot of gym owners care about, which is how many members do we have on the roster? I care about the check-in counts. How many members walk through that door every day? 
Because when yeah. they walk through, they got to walk through what I call the gauntlet, which is my pro shop. They got to walk through this this 25-foot stretch where everything I sell, they can smell it, they can see it. You know, my average member, when they walk through the doors, is spending $7 to $8 every day. Yeah. Every day when they walk through. I couldn't agree more with you, Bum. And, and I think businesses in this kind of a model do miss the mark on that one. I talk to gyms all the time where they install a fridge and suddenly they sell $20,000 worth of Gatorade in a month just because right. people see it, right? They didn't know it was an option before. Now, rack it up. Every time they come in, three, four bucks, three, four bucks, three, four bucks. And over a month, it adds up. It adds up. Right. For you, not being as concerned with the membership count, how are we getting people through the doors in the first place? Has this been entirely organic? Have we put money into advertising and marketing? Tell me a little bit about that. You know, uh, you know, at this day and age, it's all social media. You know what I mean? So every, everything you do, you got to post. You know, like we uh, have my senior front desk guy. Um, you know, usually I hire young guys that are going into college. And, you know, I find the one that's probably the most, you know, aspiring, the one that has the biggest upside. And we'll, we'll I'll pay them them a little bit more to handle the social media account and you know we're constantly posting stuff on instagram and facebook probably more so instagram now than 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 ever uh, but also like i have an advantage because i have an older sister who's the marketing director for lg like the big electronics company so needless to say i mean she gives me a lot of advice and handles a lot of my stuff for me you know yeah. and so she guides me pretty well so our instagram account is pretty successful so we get our word out through there uh google's very important um, you know, you have to take good photos and post it on Google. You have to update those photos, you know, like if you, if people check out Reviews. Google. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've seen it, but I mean, it's a lot. It's, I mean, it's a lot to see in, in, in a day, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's for gym owners. It's, it's difficult to manage all of these things. And for people who are typically not the most technologically savvy, it can be a challenge. You have a bit of an advantage here, having the connections that you do. Right. But I think you're spot on with social media being the driver of so much of this. Has that resulted in you guys paying for advertising on those platforms or is it just organic no, followers? Mean, you know, you could pay for it. Um, you know, like my sister always tells me all the time, you could pay to boost it, but no amount of boosting will negate, you know, will, will help bad content. If you have bad content or shitty content, 100%. you're not going to, you're not going to correct that. So, the biggest, most important thing is for my staff to understand. And I, look, I don't hire guys out the street. You know, they're, they are, they're usually kids that have worked out here through their elementary and, and high school career. I've had a chance to see them. They understand who we are as West Bank Athletic Club. You know what I mean? Or the WAC, as we like to call it for short. So they understand who we are at the WAC. They understand the brand and what we're trying to do. So, you know, and they have their ideas. So, you know, we, we try to make sure we stay true to our brand. And not to mention, uh, Big Sis will call me up and shoot me out in a heartbeat if we post anything stupid. <laughs> good, to have, good to have those people in our corner. Yeah, with the, now, with the what, what are you thinking, you know? Yeah. And in terms of you looking forward with this business, Bum, where is the, the growth potential? Where are you focused? Is it, can we increase our members? Can we increase things like personal training? Can we increase some of that, that merchandise and, and supplement revenue? Where's the next step here well the problem with a gym like ours right so the national average as far as like retention is about 30 percent you know we retain almost 80 percent of our customers 
you know? So we're almost three times above the national average. So you we retain them because they actually show up to train. So our, our attendance rate is high. But with the problem with the attendance rate being high, your roster can't can't be that big. Like when we were almost 1,100 members, uh, it was unruly in here. It was it was too tight. So I actually bumped the rate up $5.35 to try to get some people, try to thin the herd a little bit because the, the experience has to be good, you know? But for me, it's all about can we, as far as future growth is, what can we sell outside of what we're currently selling and what can we sell outside of this facility? So for us, our future is probably mobile. Uh, we're, you know, I have a couple of vehicles that I've been working on and trying to build out. Uh, we're doing a mobile fitness center. Uh, we'll probably go, we'll probably have a food truck. So the meats that we sell, what we call buff versus barbecue, uh, we're going to sell that in a food truck. So, and like I do consulting work outside of here. So we, so we have written the, the local police department, we developed their weight room. So we'll probably end up having a food truck at Gret, at Gretna PD at their station. So, you know, New Orleans is the murder capital of the world right now. So people, if you could have your food truck by the, by the best police department right in front of their police station, trust me, people are going to come to you. So, you know, yeah. using those connections to do those outreaches. And look, I don't live an extravagant life. Like I drive a 15 passenger van as my daily, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, rare. It's rare that I talk to a gym owner who's driving Ferrari and sipping mimosas on the beach. It's just not that kind of person, you know? Right. You know, so like, I don't live extravagant. I just need enough to be able to provide for my two kids, you know? and send them to college and things like that. So eventually they'll be ready to take over and, and I'm good. So, you know, could we make a little bit more money by doing mobile fitness and a food truck? Yeah, but it's kind of like, I'm good where I'm at. So a little more money would be great, but to, you know, when you try to make, if you try to, if I'm, if you're asking me if I'm trying to double what I make right now, I don't necessarily want to do it because the cost, the price for doubling what I make right now is going to be more than what I'm willing to, willing to pay from a family you know, and a social aspect. I don't want to, I don't yeah. want to do that. Got you know, to spend I don't money to make money. That's uh, yeah. the old adage. I, I think it's, uh, it's a fascinating <laughs> case study here, Bum, because I think so many people in your category are the opposite. They make 90 to hundred percent of their revenue from memberships and really lack in revenue from other things. And so I'm sure there's, there's lessons to be learned both ways, but it's a, it's a really, really interesting example Wrap us up here, Bum. Look into the future. You kind of spelled out where you see the short-term potential of this, but big picture, what do you want to see from West Bank? What's what's kind of your vision for this in the long term? My vision is there's a gentleman who owns a gym in Lafayette, Louisiana called Red LaRills. I've had a chance to talk to him. He He's in the men's fitness top 50 gyms in the world, right? But he, he occupies a city block. It's massive. And it's a huge headache. I don't want to be that big, but let's just say nobody, nobody's going to go into Red's turf and try to open up a gym, knowing he dominates the market, right? I want the I'm, I'm more about stability. I want this gym to be so stable that another gym wouldn't dare think about coming in my block, you know, because they know, I mean, we own, we own the market. We're the best in the biz, you know what I mean? Just to be more stable. You know, like uh, Club Four, a, a franchise gym opened up uh, probably two miles from us, right? And they gave, and they, and we took a little hit from it, but it's nothing that we won't be able to survive. You know what I mean? But I want to stay like that. I want to, I want the gym to be so solid to where it doesn't matter who opens next to us or whatever. 
we're, we're going to outlast them. I mean, since I've been the owner, we've had seven gyms open and closed in our area. And I've outlasted, all, I've outlasted seven of them. So I think that's, that's pretty telling of the, the product that you put out. You know what I mean? Right. People so as long as, we're, we're, as long as I'm there, I'm good. You know, nothing else matters. I think that's a, that's a really good place for us to start to wrap things up on, but I love your perspective on running this like a business, but still keeping in mind and being true to who we are and why we opened this in the first right. place. I think that's, that gets lost in our industry sometimes. And, and so it shines through with your example, but like I said, we're running a bit shy on time before we get out of here. Why don't you tell people where they can learn a little bit more about this? Do we have a website? Where can people go to find out more? Uh, I mean, they can, they can look us up on Google, you know, West Bank Athletic Club in, in, in uh, Gretna, Louisiana. Uh, you, could, you can see photos of us and everything like that. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram. Um, we, we post three to four times a week on things that we have going on here. Uh, you know, and I mean, that's the two main things that I think how people find out about us. Plenty of places. Bum, I, I really appreciate your willingness to share on here and talk about both sides of the coin, right? What's what's going well and where have we succeeded and, and where are we still trying to solve some challenges? So I'm excited to see what the future holds. It sounds like you guys still have plenty of passion and energy to grow this thing. I wish you nothing but the best moving forward, my man. I thank you for your time today. Thank you. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Doug from Title Boxing out of Shelby Township, Michigan. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I am good. What's going on? Excited to have you here. Excited to learn more about your title boxing location. But really, before we dive in really deep to the business stuff today, Give me a little bit of background, Doug. Ultimately, like, why did you decide to buy this franchise, become a gym owner? So I have a very unique background as far as how I got into this world. I actually own a wedding business, so I'm a DJ. And to find some passive income throughout the week and not just work on weekends, I started DJing at all the local gyms. And that turned into me finding title and started to DJ at title, which eventually turned into me coaching at title which eventually turned into me finding out that there was a lot of opportunity within the business and I wound up buying the gym. So very unique pathway, uh, but it also fuels a lot of my knowledge of, I was DJing at 18 local gyms in the Metro Detroit area, dealing directly with their GMs and their sales team and their owners and learning a ton. So when I saw the opportunity, I jumped all over it and now it's a dangerous addiction.
Yeah, that's so funny because like a lot of times people say, oh, like my start to my business is so unique. And then it's just like the same story that I've heard a million times, but genuinely this is unique. Right. Uh, a DJ turned gym owner. Right. Um, so that's kind of cool. And I didn't know that these gyms like had DJs that came. Um, so that sparks ideas for me as somebody who's running sure. a CrossFit gym. That would be cool. That, that's dope. But anyway, um, give us your elevator pitch of your title boxing location. I know you are a franchise, but within the franchise, everybody runs their own a little bit differently, I'm sure. So kind of tell us, you know, who you are, what services you provide, kind of paint a picture for our listener here. Yeah. So title boxing club in general is an authentic heavy bag workout. So we're going to teach you how to box like a pro boxer, but nobody's going to hit you back. So we're working on, we have 50 heavy bags here. You're going to punch, you're going to hit, you're going to kick. We'll teach you everything you need to know on how to properly box. And in, as a result, you're going to get the best full body workout you've probably ever had in your life. What separates us from a lot of other title boxing is the culture. And I'm sure that is the most over word, overused word in fitness, especially. Uh, but it's something I take super, super personal. And when I took this gym over, we were pretty close to shutting the doors. Culture was gone. There was no passion. Uh, coaches were quitting. Members were dropping like flies. 20, 30, 40 net members gone every month um, until we changed the culture. We made it feel like family again. We made it feel like home. We made people feel heard, welcomed, loved. Even something as simple as just labeling our kettlebells so the members knew what sizes they were grabbing for some of the workouts. Members felt like we cared again. Uh, the culture elevated. The music got a little louder. The coaches got a little bit more excited. And people got amped to be back at Title Shelby. Um, so that's kind of what separates us is we truly drive a culture of family and caring about the members to a point of giving a shirt off our back level. I mean, it's, it's, it's wild to see how well our staff and our members have joined into this truly family-esque culture, which has been crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's like a huge driving factor for a lot of people when they're looking for a gym. If it has the right culture, that's what's going to cause somebody to actually join right for me like I really thrive in that group environment I thrive in an environment where the staff knows my name um and so it's great that you're really making this an experience for your clients um right. more than just a workout that they come in and do here and there um so currently within that it's is it all group classes do you guys have semi-privates or privates within the model at all Yes, absolutely. So we do semi-private um, and sometimes that's boxing related. Sometimes that's just lifting related, fitness related. Um, we also do private training as well, just one-on-one. -on -one. So those are all involved. We do have some nutrition coaching. Um, and then one of our coaches is even a life coach who has taken a lot of members under her wing and just befriended them. Not, we won't use the word counseled, but just really been a mentor to them in their life. So just adds another element when they know that the coaches genuinely care on that level, um, but also in the PT side that our coaches have the experience, they have the acknowledge or the, the knowledge, they have the, uh, the creativity to make those classes really stand out, to make those sessions really stand out and building out good programs for them as well. So all that's offered together, but primarily, yeah, people are coming here to take classes and, and really hit that bag. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, that's always, you know, it's good that you have your bread and butter, but I do like that you have um, other things that supplement that. Because when we look at our members, like the more value that we're providing them, the more options that we have available um, to help them be successful, typically the better. So if we say, hey, we have nutrition coaching that helps, you know, X client who's struggling with that kind of take things to the next level. It's nice that you have somebody who's doing some accountability life coaching stuff on board as well. Um, so currently how many members do you guys have in the facility? We are around 360 right now. And is that, uh, 300, you said 360, 360 memberships. So that doesn't count like the additional family members that are on family plans. So that's 360 agreements with mm -hmm. our club. Yeah. And within this facility, is that a spot where you guys feel pretty good, pretty comfortable, or would you ideally like to hit the gas, take on more members, continue to grow? Uh, our goal is to get closer to five. I think okay. that's, that's a really, really good goal where all of our classes will be pretty full. There's going to be a little bit more of a uh, supply and demand. So people are going to want to sign up for classes earlier, get to classes earlier, create a little bit more urgency, um, and really intensify those workouts as well. Uh, but when I took over, we only had about 220, 229-ish, I think. Um, so we've expanded quite a bit in the last year. And I think we're just getting started, which is the fun part. We've had almost every month be positive until obviously you have some bad summer months. But we actually just won the award for the fastest growing title in the nation at our convention that we just had. So we have had more net members sign up in 2022 than any of the 133 locations. So we are really, really proud of that. Dang. What do you feel like, uh, what do you feel like attributes to that uh, success? You're going to hate my answer, but it's culture. Uh, culture is everything. The day I took over, my wife and I, we immediately elevated a few people into key roles letting them have their own personal ownership of what this gym really looks like, letting them build their roles. Uh, when we initially took over, everybody was linear. There was no management. There was no hierarchy of who to talk to, who to lean on, who to be trained by. And we immediately elevated two members specifically or two uh, staff specifically and let them kind of build their leadership. And from that, built out better lead management, better coaching, more consistency. And the driving force was those two people. After that, it's all the culture. It's the culture that those two drove in. It's the culture that we allowed them to just kind of have freedom with. And it's amazing what happens when you take a person who is driven, elevate them into a role where they can run and see what they do. And those two, our assistant manager and our head coach, those they maximized what, what I could even dream of doing. Um, and from that, we just started seeing old members come back, new members coming in and just feeling the culture change, feeling the energy, feeling the excitement. And it just, the ball started rolling. Yep. It's good that, you know, you have these people behind you, these staff members that are motivated, that want to be their own boss, that want to grow, because that is a huge factor, right, into how you guys have been able to grow. Um, but to kind of dive in a little bit deeper, you mentioned that you guys would like to get to more of that closer to that 500 member mark. Right. Um, talk to me about how you guys are doing that. Where are you guys going to kind of 
find your clients? What does that process look like? Yeah. So currently that's the, that's the struggle. That's the adventure. That's the journey that we're on is trying to figure out, all right, we've, we've plugged up the holes. We led the company in attrition a few months ago. Um, meaning we were losing the least amount of people, which is another massive thing, right? You have your retention is number one. So we were mastering retention and now we've built the product the right way. Everything is getting better and better and better. Even when we think we're at our best, it still is getting better. So now the next question is we have all these leads coming in. We pay for uh, a marketing team out of Nashville. They help us a ton. Um, Am I allowed to shout them out? I don't know. If yeah, go ahead. Uh, so that would be uh, LSM. They are just incredible. Lauren Etter and the team, they they have helped really build our social media and our Google presence from a marketing standpoint. Um, and from that, we've gotten a ton of leads in and now we're working on mastering those leads. We're probably going to be hiring another team member who is strictly focusing on those leads, focusing on lead management. One of the weird struggles we have at our gym is we don't really have like a front desk area. It does exist, but it's directly attached to the heavy bag area. So as soon as the coach starts chirping on that microphone and the music starts playing, there's no more phone calls being sent. There's no more phones being answered. So trying to figure out a really good way to have somebody mastering our lead management while also being here is next to impossible. So solving that issue, do we hire somebody who works from home? Well, then how do you keep them accountable? All of those things are kind of what we're working through. Um, but the goal right now is just that, figure out the lead management, figure out how to do more uh, what we call club generated leads. So local events, guerrilla marketing, old school style, being out in the public, just getting people in your community excited about it. And how are we going to capitalize on that? So that's kind of where we're, we're focusing right now is when we get a lead that comes in the system, how do we get their butts in the door? Yeah. And then there, the product is built. So the product is amazing. Um, I'm not near as concerned about the product as I am getting people through the door right now, which is a great yeah. problem. Yeah, I mean, that's really, really hard. The hardest part, um, how do we actually get them to come in? Because like for most people, that's the hardest part for like as a consumer, the hardest part is just making it happen and getting your butt through the door the first time. And then after that, it's easy. Um, so when you say like figuring out lead management, you mentioned you don't really have a front desk area and that kind of causes a little bit of a problem. Neither do we. Um, I will say it's not impossible. You got to make a lot of time walking outside on the phone. Um, right. That's what I do. You know, like when we first started, that's what I did. Um, yeah. You know, would sit at the desk, get my little list of phone numbers and then go outside and just start calling people. Um, so a little different when we have negative, negative degrees. True. <laughs> you really walk outside for yeah. six months of the year here without it, you having to put a full Eskimo suit on. Yeah. So yeah. in the summer, yeah, that, that works for us, but it's a, uh, it's definitely a struggle for about six months of the year in Michigan. Yeah. So talk to me about like what the process looks like right now from the initial, the lead fills out the form on your website. What does the process look like after that? What are you guys currently doing to get them to walk in the front door? Yeah. So right now we have a sales team. It's a very small sales team led by our system manager. Um, so those come in, we do have a 
slight automation system that corporate has put in place. So they immediately will get a text, they get put into an email circle where they're getting emails, they're getting texts through the automated, uh, we'll call it a timeline. Um, so that schedule kind of takes place, but our team is always checking the text, checking the emails to make sure that when a response actually comes through that now they're getting a personal response back. They're not just getting the, the robotic answer back. Um, from there, we're creating relationship right off the bat. We're finding out what their favorite color is so that if they decide to come in, we already have wraps with their favorite color in a locker with their name on it, ready to go. We're building that relationship. We're sending them a picture of a locker with their name on it. So they're going, oh my goodness, these people are already putting time into me, let alone just want my business, but they seem like they actually freaking care what my name is. So doing that kind of stuff is super helpful. It's, it's brought up our, you have multiple scales, right? You have your uh, lead to appointment, appointment to show up and then show up to enrollment that appointment to show has skyrocketed since we've started actually putting people's names on lockers and showing them their colored wraps. Like, Hey, you wanted hot pink wraps. Well, here they are. Look, there's a picture waiting for you. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the process is through text messages, through the email automations, um, and then trying to bang out as many phone calls as possible with the circumstances we're in. Uh, that's the struggle. At one point we did hire somebody from home to do those phone calls and it was actually working really, really well. And then with staff changes, that person wound up becoming one of our in-house staff. And so now we have a gap of trying to get those phone calls to be uh, replicated throughout the day and get them all hit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the more personal that we can make this process, typically the better percent of our leads are actually going to come in. So I yep. love the idea of like a video or I mean, like a picture text of like their locker with their name on it. I send videos like, of me standing next to like the t-shirt rack, like, hey, Doug, what size do you wear in the shirt? Like, we have a shirt with your name waiting on it here. I want to make sure that I have it ready for you, you know, when you walk in the door. Um, so just little things like that, where we're calling them by their name, or they see their name written down on something. Um, they're like, oh, wow, this person actually genuinely is taking the time. They actually care. I probably, you know, they're depending on me to show up. Uh, so it does make a big difference. Love that um, element of things there. Now, I want to ask you, um, what would you consider, Doug, to be your biggest business-related bottleneck or challenge right now? And what are you guys actively doing to work on overcoming that? I think the biggest thing is just that we know that 80% of sales come from the fifth to 14th contact. And having the consistency of getting to that level of contact numbers. Like it's super easy to get the first three texts in, in one phone call, but are you getting that fourth, fifth, sixth, 14th contact point where you're still reaching out to them? And now all the other gyms that they reached out to have fallen off. They gave up, they stopped trying, but you're still the gym going, Hey, we appreciate you. We know that you signed up for a reason. We're still here until you tell us to go away we're going to be in your corner until you show up. And then we're really in your corner. Like, how do we master that and also align that with payroll that makes sense? So trying to just figure that out has kind of been our, our biggest hurdles. Like we have the leads coming in every month. We have a good amount of leads, but how are we mastering contacting them enough times to outplay our competition? Yeah. So like, 
how many leads would you say you guys are getting a month right now? We're between, we're typically averaging around a hundred new leads a month. Okay. And how many of those do you feel like are falling beneath the cracks? Um, well, we average about 20 to 25 new members a month, mm -hmm. net members or not net members. I'm sorry, 20 to 25 added members every month. Um, so there's, we'll say on average, 80% that aren't signing up for memberships. That doesn't mean 80% aren't showing up or aren't setting up appointments or aren't communicating, but it's 80% of those leads that we haven't gotten. Now, if you told me that I was going to win 20% of all of my marketing, I would actually be really stoked about that because that's a great number. Uh, but that's obviously, that could be somebody who we reached out to in June and they finally just got it in their calendar to show up here in September. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a large opportunity there still. And I still think that we could hit uh, a much higher lead percentage. Off the top of my head, I will tell you that numbers are my worst thing. I could start rattling off percentages to you and they're probably gonna be all wrong. Um, but yeah, capitalizing on getting that lead in the door. And that's mm -hmm. what, what I think we are, it's, it's not a, it's not due to a lack of skill. It's due to a lack of time and manpower. So I think that's what we're figuring out literally in the meeting I had before this podcast was, are we going to hire somebody else? Are we going to get another team member in to just master the lead management side, just master getting people in the door let the coaches and the staff at the desk do what they're so good at already, but get those people to feel like we are the gym that's going to outplay everybody before they even walk in the door. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a really, really smart thing to do because um, if we have somebody focusing on, on this and just specifically this, I definitely think that percentage could go up. Um, we could get more people converted if we just had the time to pay attention to every single one of those 100 leads that you're getting per month. Um, with with low manpower, it's really, really difficult to, to make the time for all of those people. Absolutely. Um, so if you were able to kind of eliminate this bottleneck, right, you hire somebody, they're killing it, that percentage is higher, how would that positively impact the business? Like, what would you be able to do and focus on next? I think the next would be to just add more consistency within the club, morning classes filling as much as the evening classes as that continues to grow. Obviously, that involves numbers directly, right? You sign up 100 new members, well, a good chunk of them are going to go to the morning classes, so that's going to be a direct reflection. Uh, but the next is on to the next one. Once we hit about 500 members, this will be so self-sustaining that we'll be ready for another gym. Um, the team we have in place here it's the perfect squad to already train up another squad. So it's the goal would be to get that second one going. When you work with a franchise, they do so much of the work in the back end with already helping you out with marketing and content and procedures and software and strategy and this and that. There's so much already built that they do make it where, hey, if you put in the work, you put the right people in place, you can replicate it and you can start to plant some more um, and start really changing lives even deeper in a, at a second location. So that's kind of the goal is let's get this figured out. Let's master the lead management on this end and then we'll duplicate it about 35 minutes north of here. Yeah. Um, I think that it's exciting that like you're so focused on the business side because like very frequently 
business owners in this specific field, like they're so focused on the fitness side, they don't spend any time focusing on the business side. And they might have this goal of like having multiple locations down the road, but it's not really a real, it's not ever going to become a reality. But sure. since you are so focused on the business and really honing in on the things that matter, like lead management, it is going to be something that's realistic. So, you know, since your goal, it sounds like your goal is multiple locations. Like if I could sprinkle some fairy dust on you, hand you a magic wand right now, like all your dreams, all your goals for your business, for your family, everything had come true. Kind of what would that picture look like? Yeah. Uh, ideally, I mean, just the crazy dream would be to have three or four locations. Um, there's two markets we want to hit. And then the, the dream golden goose is, uh, to actually have one downtown Detroit, to have one in the city. Detroit is growing so incredibly. I was just down there last night and it's it's just such an incredible, incredible, passionate city, hardworking city. And to have a gym like ours down there would be, it would just be the coolest thing. Um, and have the, the best team. I love building the team. I love hanging out with the team. I love building them as people. Um, I love that they built me as a person. Uh, I love, love, love the team. So an opportunity to have three to four smaller teams and then have a, a one master management team to kind of help me run all four, three or four of the gyms. That, that's what gets me excited. And it also gives me a big hope for the future. I mean, I have two kids. I'm, baseball is my passion. My wife was a dancer her whole life. So I don't want to miss any practices. I don't want to miss games. I want to coach my kids. I want my wife to to be able to teach dance and us to be at recitals. And I want to be involved in my family's life. And if you're running four businesses by yourself, it's unattainable. But if you build the right team, that fairy dust, build that right team, that work-life balance can be a real thing. Um, and that's, that's the dream. That's the dream is to be able to make this thing a real thing, kind of uh, turn the DJ business into something where I'm growing that team, uh, but yeah, the gym, the gyms will be the anchor. That will be the big piece. And it can allow my family to live a life that is really, really great for us and build four teams where we're supporting that many families as well. Yep. Um, is there anything like, obviously we know we talked about really nailing down the lead management system here, but is there anything else that you feel like you really need to focus on to make three, four locations a reality for you and not a magic wand situation? Yeah, work-life balance. Like, so being married with two kids, it is really, really easy to get lost in running the business, running the gym, running the wedding business, and lose track of the fact that you're never home for your seven-month-old son or your two-year-old daughter or your wife. And it's really easy to lose track of that balance. So as you start with the little things, you have to have balance now because it's only going to get harder when you get bigger and expand and grow. And um, so yeah, that work-life balance, mastering that, not falling out of balance. Cause once one thing falls out of balance, it's not like, Oh, well the, the gym is going really, really well now. So you're good home. will figure itself out. Well, no, when one thing falls out of balance, typically everything starts to fall out of balance. So if I have any advice for any parents out there trying to run businesses or any married people trying to run businesses it's don't forget what's at home make sure that you're not losing track of that balance because eventually it will all fall out and you want to make sure that you are ready 
to balance it correctly. So when growth comes, you're still balanced. Yeah. I like to think of it as kind of like work life integration. So like my family can't thrive if I'm not working and I can't thrive if I am not taking care of the business. So how can I get them to work together? Um, because I can't have one without the other. So um, I love, you know, ending kind of on on that note there, but I want to give you a chance to shout out your Instagram, your website, where can our listeners go if they're interested in following along the journey? Yeah, everything is title boxing Shelby. So if you look that up, you will find it Facebook, Instagram, the website, everything. Like I said, we're about 40 minutes north of downtown Detroit. Uh, yeah, follow along. You'll see me on there as DJ Doug, but you'll see the rest of our coaches. We all have uh, our ring names. So you're going to see people like Maverick and Rocket and Viper and everybody else. So follow along. Uh, we have a ton of fun. We joke that we're average Joe's gym because we just love each other so much. and We're not worried about egos or reputations. We just want to have a lot of fun, build an amazing gym, build an amazing culture and see lives change. So follow along the journey. We'd love to see you guys. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. And Doug, thanks for being here today. It was a lot of fun um, hearing your perspective on the industry. Listeners, thanks for tuning in, guys. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description. We will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Shelia Donovan with Shelia Donovan Pilates Studios out of Canton, Massachusetts. Shelia, what is going on? Happy Thursday. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great, JJ. Thank you for asking. It's a beautiful day. Even there though it's here in Canton, Massachusetts, it's still a beautiful day. I love the mentality. I love it. Sheila, this is going to be a great episode today. I'm excited to have you on. And I think we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of what you have going on with Sheila Donovan Pilates Studio. But uh, I want to start with a very basic question. And let's give the viewers some perspective on how many members are you serving currently? Oh, I would say per day because this is a unique, intimate boutique, and I have several other trainers here. So I would say between 100 and 150 um, in a day because of all the trainers here. Yeah. Awesome. And, uh, you know, 
for you guys, I think it's different for Pilates studios and, and other gyms. And I think everybody's different, but how have you been able to get new people interested and through your doors? I have to tell you, um, I do have a social media person, Kat, who's much younger, of course. And um, um, she does my social media, the Instagram and the Facebook. And she helps with that. I'm not going to tell you that brings in new people, but mostly I would say in 20 years, it's been word of mouth. Gotcha. Gotcha. And um, for you guys, I mean, being at that 120 mark or so, let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things were hypothetically unlimited. I mean, how much higher could you go, Sheila, than that 120 mark? Um, for myself, as a trainer, this is enough for me. I'm not going to say for my, I'm not going to limit the other trainers because they're here as a passion of teaching mindful movement, but they're also trying to make a living. So I do not know the ceiling or cap of hours that they can work, but I know for myself, since the pandemic, I am only about 30 hours per week now. And that's gotcha. training that is not doing administrative work. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, I mean, I know this from just experience, right? Having over 120 clients or so. I mean, how are you able to manage and track those metrics of like how long someone's been with you, you know, where they are on the journey, if they're looking to cancel? How do you know those numbers? Uh, because I use a software system called MindBody. Yeah. Okay. So MindBody will also send me um, names of people who haven't been here like past 30 days. And then they would track that, what they were used to being here within maybe three days a week, they would see they haven't been here because some of my clientele in the summertime do have second homes. So they go away. And it's up to me to either grab them back or mostly, I would say the client themselves usually contact us, one of the trainers, if they're with another trainer and let them know they're ready to begin again. But gotcha. that's my software system that I yeah. use. So they keep me posted on how many per week, how many clientele, how many hours my trainers work. So by the that's schedule, awesome. but yeah. Yeah, I, I'm happy to hear, Shelia, that you use at least something, right? Yeah. Because I think a lot of us fitness professionals, I mean, we track our macros, we track how much weight is on the bar, we track everything. And sometimes we lose sight of our metrics just because some people are yeah. a little afraid to look at them or because they don't think it's a priority. But I love that at the top of mind yeah. for you guys. And um, I want to throw a little bit of a longer question here, Shelia, but a good question in itself, uh, kind of get some perspective on improvement. And you have a lot of skin in the game here. So I'm curious to see your response here. Um, you know, what we've been discussing the entire podcast and what we use most prominently in the fitness and gym world are going to be three pillars of business, okay? It's going to be one, your lead generation, right? With marketing, getting people through the door. Like you said, your word of mouth is an example there, right? Number two is your acquisition, your sales. So getting somebody from being an interested client to a paying client, you know, once they come through the door. Or number three, your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, Shelia, where do you feel like you could improve the most? 
Wow. I would say one and two is perfect. <laughs> I mean, because they do walk in the door. I do have, it's more word of mouth, but let me just say pre-pandemic, I did advertise in our local newspaper and a, um, a local paper for that covers different neighborhoods of this um, Canton area. So the surrounding yeah. areas. So once I stop that, I rely more now on word of mouth. So either my clients have referred another client. Now, I think because of what we do, the mindful movement, this is a little different because you need a lot of focus and you need to have specific instructions and hands-on a lot. So we go through a process of how I teach especially for Pilates, it is more anatomical. So the retention is higher because they really want to learn. Yeah. Or I would say acquisition then is what I would need to work on. Gotcha. Gotcha. So being able to convert them from an interest client to a paying client? Or is it well, no, no to have them do, I guess it's more three, to have them do more than one class per week or one gotcha. set. Because this is more, yeah, gotcha. to make them last longer or not to last longer, but could they, instead of do once a week for a private session, could they do more than that? Okay. Yeah. But JJ, I, I have to say, um, pre-pandemic, I also or offered classes. So what I do is we do more one-on-one -on -one or duets or trios. I used to have so many classes per week, but what I did is when the pandemic started and to bring people back, nobody wanted to be in a group. They loved the studio because they could be one-on-one. -on -one. And I have individual rooms over 4,000 square feet of studio that my husband designed and built that has several different equipment rooms. So it made it easier for them to come back in the studio. What made it harder is to be in the one big fitness room and be with others. So gotcha. I then limited the classes in return. Wow. And that's why now it's harder for someone to pay a full price of a private and include a second private. They would rather pay a little less and be with others now. So I'm looking to add more classes potentially to help them build up to get stronger than coming once a week. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I think that's that's amazing. And I, I appreciate the honesty and transparency throughout that whole entire thing. And um, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna. Ha I have two more questions for you, and I wanna ask these two. More, there are two favorite questions, but I'm curious to see your responses on these because of how long you've been in the business here. And you know, the first one is simply, what's the bigger picture? I mean, let's say five, ten years down the road, what are you trying to accomplish now with uh, the Pilates Studio? Good question. Um, since I've been open for twenty years, and that means. Uh, according to the town of Canton, I've been open for 20 years. I was open before that, before I got officially um, licensed to be open. But um, 
uh, I think for myself, I don't just teach one discipline. I also teach what is called gyrotonic training and Pilates suspension. So I have a lot of disciplines that I teach here and um, I'm trying not to just grow Pilates. I would love to grow my world of gyrotonic training. So I do carry a trade name, which I pay the company to have the trade name to say, this is a gyrotonic studio. So I am also known as Boston, gyrotonic Boston, self metro and i just do not have a sign out front my door but i pay for that license and that's wow. what for me i want to see my gyrotonic practice grow my pilates is wonderful and i feel extremely blessed but how do i make that grow that is my long term is to help that grow i love that I love that. That was a mic drop of an answer, Shelia, but I got one more question for you. Um, and my favorite question of the day, and it's simply, you know, if you could go back in time, let's say the 20 years ago when you first started the gym or the Pilates studio, I'm sorry. And even though I know you're open longer, but let's say you can go back 20 years or when you first started, whenever that was, mm -hmm. yeah. and sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice. Do you think you really needed to hear when you first started? What would that advice be for you? First of all, I wouldn't have labeled it Pilates studio. I would have titled it like deep to the core because of the disciplines that I've brought into the studio. It's not just Pilates, as you just heard me say. It's a bigger picture than that. So I would have started with changing just the name of the studio. Other than that, I would say I probably wouldn't change anything else, to be honest, JJ because I love in the direction that it has grown and it has grown tremendously. I've brought wonderful trainers in that share the same passion as I do. And I wouldn't change any of that. Well, congratulations, Shelia. Well, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, I mean, please, if you have any social media, Facebook, website, anything you may have, where can people find out more about you and the facility? Uh, Pilates, oh, sorry. First and last name, Shelia Donovan, Pilates Studio. And I think that's for my <laughs> Instagram and Facebook. JJ, again, I pay someone to do that for me. And it's so sad that I do not know that information, but I'm pretty sure it's Shelia Donovan, Pilates Studio. <laughs> there we go. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, I just want to let you know how you can get the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. Just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here, okay? Okay, thank awesome. you. Yeah, no problem. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in and join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. 
before, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.